Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. They will be discussing the second day of the European Championships held on the Van Berg in the Netherlands. And as yesterday, I am joined by Twan and Dissam. Hello. Hey everybody. So the second day we had again three races here. We had the men's elite race, women's under 23 race and the day was started by the men's juniors. We'll start by talking about the well, the last race of the day which is the most important one, the men's elite race. Isam, tell us what happened. Yeah, so with the men's race we had an, an okay start but there, were, there was a crash uh, just in, in the first couple uh, hundred meters of the race. Main riders that were hampered with that, that actually would play a role in the race, were, were Lauren Zweig. Tom van der Bos was there involved as well, Joris Nieuwhuizen. Uh, but the, the main contenders were uh, unfaced with this. Uh, they were managed they, they, they managed to get uh, through with the race. There were six Belgians up front in the beginning. Uh, the six main Belgians with Van um, out, with Iserbeet, with Tonaerts, with Quinten Hermans. Uh, and there was this Dutch rider that was there, uh, breaking a little bit the show for the Belgians, and that was Lars van der Haar. Uh, we saw Dubot having a strong moment in the beginning of the race, but uh, eventually would fade away. And then up front, Hermans, Aerts and Van Turenhout broke away from the pack. Uh, Iserbiet had to leave a gap because of a mistake, and van der, uh, van der Haar was in his wheel. Uh, Iserbiet had to chase, brought the gap uh, very close, but was not able to join, and then his pace just completely collapsed and that was probably uh, the first time this season we have seen Iserbiet really that weak a uh, very weak moment for him he would only finish 12th uh, this race Van der Haar was able to join uh, the, the likes of Quinten Hermans uh, Quinten Hermans Aerts and Van Turnout, or should I say Aerts and Van Turnout, because Hermans then broke away uh, Van der Haar sees that Aerts and Van Turnout are not really good and breaks them away from that duo and then there is this chase uh, between Hermans and Van der Haar who is Van der Haar able to get back to Hermans it looked like it was not going to happen but then you could see that Van der Haar was just a little bit stronger just a little bit better Hermans that had to put a lot of effort in to break away uh, his pace dropped little by little and um with a couple of laps to go, Van der Haar was able to get back into the wheel of Quinten Hermans. And when he was there, uh, it was quite clear who was going to be the winner today. And uh, Van der Haar was just able uh, to uh, get away from Quinten Hermans and get his second victory in the European Championship. With second place for Quinten Hermans and third place for Michael van Turnhout. Let's focus a bit on that battle between Van der Haar and Hermans. In my opinion, it was a pretty interesting chase it was more chase than a real battle they were only together for a very short amount of time but it was a very interesting chase to watch well at least what i think what happened here was that quinton hermans knew that the parkour wasn't that difficult and that the only way he could break away is if he basically tired the rest and that's what he did but in the end he also tired himself because in my opinion he already thought in the beginning of the race he was doing too much work then he broke away and then I thought, okay, so maybe it's just really good. But eventually, like in the last two or three laps, he was really, really tired. So he probably also tired himself too much. At least that's what I think from it. Uh, it's really two different pacing strategies for the top two. Uh, Quinton Hermans probably slightly underestimating the parkour and going a bit too early. And Van der Haar uh, just lapping very consistently throughout the whole race and uh, doing a great job of uh, catching him at the end there, uh, making for a very interesting dynamic in the race as well. I think overall Van der Haar was definitely the strongest and the smartest today, and if that comes together, there's almost nothing you can do. And, I mean, Quinten Hermans, he gave it his all. 
he had a good shot. I thought he would have that win in the back, but I mean, in a way, I it was I was always had the feeling okay. Now Van der Haar is close, okay, he's going to come back. And then the gap was, like, stabilized for a couple of laps. And I was like, hmm, it's going to be hard. Are we looking at the same scenarios in the under-23 women's race? And then Van der Haar puts in another solid sprint of the cobbles and takes back five seconds, and then the gap is only five seconds, and it stabilized. It was a lot of mixed feelings, very unpredictable. But, like, we should wind back a bit to the beginning of the race because I think that's where Belgium lost this race. They end on the places two until six. In the beginning of the race, Van der Haar was dropped twice, or maybe even three times, sometimes due to a mechanical issue or a crash or another rider being in front who can't keep up with the pace anymore. But we saw Belgians actually riding back Van der Haar. So do you guys agree that Belgium really lost the race there? No. I, 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 you know, Belgium, you know, on paper they lost the race, but I don't think Belgium lost the race today because, you know, Tonarts wasn't was just not good enough. Uh, Van Turenhout also was just not good enough. Hermans tried it, but even if he was a little bit a little bit more conservative with his energy, I think Van der Haar was just the strongest today. And um, it, it was it was a bit of a weird race uh, in a way. I I didn't expect Van der Haar to be this good, uh, but uh, definitely um, you know I think he got his reward for being very consistent this season. He had a couple of bad races, but overall he was very consistent and. I guess the reward is the European Championship. And there were definitely some moments where maybe the Belgians like could have like given Van der Haar a few extra seconds of disadvantage, but he just had the measure of Quinten Hermans, and I don't think that Quinten Hermans could have accelerated much more if it was necessary in the final lap. Whereas Van der Haar really paced himself well, so that he had that energy at the end if required. So I think Van der Haar just riding a brilliant race today. And as Isom said, they're getting the reward for what has been a very solid season. I do agree that Van der Haar was the strongest, but I still think that the Belgians could have been able to beat them. Because at some point it was, I think we had a leading group of nine, seven Belgians, Van der Haar and Dubot. In that situation, you can always do something. I mean, Van der Haar wasn't even in a good position. He was like sixth. But I had the feeling that Belgium already had the title secured for themselves you saw arts attacking van turenhout reacting with each beat on his wheel we saw hermans attacking and then there was a reaction by one of the belgians and that is something that's not great to see i mean yesterday we discussed team tactics but in the under 23 men's race now we're talking about the elite race in the elite race i do think that there should be more team tactics but we already said it in our preview that it's a bit one hard, two mixed interest, and of course Belgium doesn't have the reputation in cyclocross to really pull the team tactics out. But in a situation like that, if you have the first rider, which then would be Hermans or Arch attack, and all the five others in the wheel would do nothing, I mean, there Van der Haar would need to react. But from that position, I mean, it's not that easy to overtake here besides the road section. So I do think that Belgium could have at least tried more. That's more... Not, would it have worked? Perhaps, we don't know. But would you guys then at least agree that they should have tried more? Well, I, I think you go into it with four or five riders in the Belgian camp that think they can win it and that like are more busy with each other than with Van der Haar. So I, I think it's just like a, a thing of they aren't that scared of him in any way. 
So, like, they know he's going to be good, but they also think, like, he's just going to grab a medal and be playing a nice part in this race. And if we'll get there, we'll get there, you know, with a bit of team tactics in the end. But we probably won't do it because we all want that jersey. I think maybe the crucial moment in the race was probably when Izerbeet made that mistake on the hill and had to, had to you know, he kind of brought back Van der Haar to a reasonable gap and then Van der Haar could make the jump. It, it's a bit weird for me why Izerbeet did that because he could have easily just said, okay, I have a lot of the guys in front of me, all countrymen, uh, country fellows that, that are just, you know, also Belgium. So, I, I you know, I'm not going to pull. Van Turenhout is up front. Uh, even though I am the European champion, it's not that important uh, if I'm going to bring Van der Haar back. So I think I think that that part of the race was definitely a bit weird. But I think other than that, you know, the race, when, when Van der Haar joined the guys in front, tactics couldn't be played anymore because Hermans, the pace he was he was pulling there was so high that, you know, they were, no one was really comfortable. So I think even if they would have dropped the pace a little bit, Van der Haar would have then accelerated, take the race in his own hands because he, he took a lot of initiative when he was able to and when, you know, they gave him the room to do so. And whenever he felt that he could just sit in the wheels, he did that and... Uh, he just played it tactically very perfect. Uh, it was not the smoothest race, but he was just able to to carry the victory home. I do agree that once Hermans was gone, there was nothing that the Belgians could have done anymore. But about that Izebeet move, what makes it extra weird is that that was basically the last thing Izebeet did. It was like his farewell to the race. Okay, I'm not going to win, so I'll bring Van der Haar back. That's, of course, I don't think that's his intention. But that's kind of what it came across like. He put in a massive effort to reduce a gap of 10-12 seconds to only a handful. And then like we came onto the road and Van der Haar accelerated and Izebeet was gone. We didn't see him anymore. So how do you guys feel about that and about Izebeet's race in general? Uh, like I said, I mean, this is probably the first time this season I, we have seen Izebeet collapse completely like this. This is um, something we, we're not really used to him, especially in the beginning of the season. It, it it was it was just a weird moment because like you said it it felt like he just wanted to push one more time maybe with the idea of if I come back I can then rest a little bit and recover because it there are some sections that are a little bit easier than others it is obviously when you're in a group it's easier to ride than when you are you know alone because with the wind it's very hard but it it was just a very odd race and you know tactically I, I, he could have played it way different and. That could have maybe influenced the race uh, towards a Belgian victory. Yeah, I think we see Isbeet who just doesn't feel as great on the day. And um, yeah, maybe it's a bit weird. Maybe he just pushed himself a little bit too far, finding out that uh, today wasn't quite the day for him. And uh, he had to uh, reduce the pace. It's, uh, it's weird to see someone be so good the whole season and then just have a complete off day. It makes me wonder if Paul Sizer perhaps mistimed the peak of their riders because both for Betsema and Izebeet this championship was the main goal in the early part of the season. Both riders were consistent up at the top of their game until now and then this weekend they both disappoint. Betsema fifth, of course she had a crash, but Bet Izebeet didn't crash against 12th. I don't think that's a true representation of the form he has because I think at some point his motivation also just like massively dropped. So that was also a role in it, but Izebeet, still, even if he would have ended in the back end of the top 10, it would have been very disappointing. I don't think it's coincidence. I think that from all the champions that we have, 
I'm not really sure, but I have a feeling that the the champions that we have um, this weekend or that, that became a European champion, uh, most of them were not good in both races, Overijsen and Koppenberg. And I think just the combination, doing both races at a 100%, and then also try to, to, to become European champion, I think that is just, yeah, maybe there is just something that you should be just be a little bit more moderate with your with your with your energy maybe just do one race a little bit you know harder than the other or just skip one race um because i have a feeling that with Iserbeet as well that in Overijs and in Koppenberg both winning Overijs definitely not a race i would expect him to win but he he won in Koppenberg he was even able to to drop arts and come uh, solo so yeah maybe it was just a little bit uh, too much in that weekend and then he just paid the price for it this weekend because I don't think you know if your shape drops you're not going to be 12th let's run down our entire top 10 then we had of course that win of Lars van der Haar six years after his European title in Heiberg also on home soil behind him was then Quinten Hermans in front of Michael van Turenhout and Toon Aert Toon Aert had some kind of mechanical issue and never was able to recover from that Behind him, Sveik and Jens Adams, both anonymous races. I think especially for Adams, a solid performance. Then in seventh, we find Joshua Dubois ahead of Joris Nieuwenhuis, Jacob Dorigoni and Dan Suter rounds of the top 10. Let's talk a bit about Joshua Dubois. We already saw him at the front basically for the first time in Overijs last week. Seventh place here today is a very solid result in my opinion for him. Again, a very quick start and not quite able to hold it to the end. Um, but I think it is a better result overall. Um, and he, I think he can build on this. Uh, he knows what he needs to do. He has like the pace over like two laps to be able to keep up with the best. And uh, well, it's it's something we saw Quinton Hermans do, of course, when he came back from his injury. Uh, of course, he did have like previous results to show that he could get back to that level. But uh, Joshua Dubois, only 25, like still some... Uh, steps and maturing to, to do clearly and uh, hopefully he can uh, kick on he's the same age as yours new house the former under 23 world champion who ended eighth here eighth is not necessarily a bad result for new house it's maybe even a bit better than what i expected but it just leaves me to wonder new house he had that one season when he was riding for sunweb which he still does by the way but it wasn't that red kit under Cervelo and he was at the front. I think he was fighting for podiums. He even got a podium, I think, in Zolder in the Elite World Cups. And now he's been fading a bit. And what do you guys think this is down to? I think he's focusing more and more on the road and his role there at DSM. And it's costing him some cyclocross performances. Like in the 18-19 season, as you said, he was uh, flying and he was actually relevant in all these races. And... We could have talked about him for a while, um, but uh, these days when you see him in the top 10, you're like, yeah, that's quite a nice performance. It's, uh, it's a step in the right direction again, and hopefully he can do, like, he, he finds the joy in cyclocross and he can focus on it a little bit more because he was very talented. He still is probably. Yeah, it's weird, or at least his decision to focus on the road, because I can get some riders, ever since Bohm and Stibar did it, there's been plenty of riders focusing on the road, and it's only becoming more with Van der Poel and Van Aert proving that it's possible to be good in both, but it's just not for everyone, and for Nieuwenhuis, okay, on the road he got some good results last year in Paris Tours, for example, but 
I still think he's wasting a much better cyclocross career for a pretty anonymous career on the road because he's mainly a domestique there whilst if he focused fully on cyclocross he could especially in the early phase of the season be one of the leading guys yeah there, there is no doubt in my mind that if he uh, would focus more back on cyclocross and he would have done that for the past few years he would have been like up there with the top five guys at the moment and uh, yeah on the road as you said he is he is just part of the lead out chain for case ball which like it's not that interesting. Like, Johnny Vermeersch is, like, also, of course, focusing much more on the road these days, for example. But even he is much more prominent in the classics than Newer House has been. I guess we'll just have to wait and see about what the rest of the season brings for him. Of course, he was still 10th at the World Championships last year. But we'll see. Isam, what did you think about the guy who ended behind Newhouse, Jacob Dorigoni? I definitely think that 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 is a good performance for him. Getting a top ten in a championship is always good, um, and I think especially for Dorigoni, it's it's a it's a good performance. But I think I think there's just a little bit more in him. I have a feeling that if he if he's able to really get the complete you know um, potential out of himself, you know there's a little bit more in him, and I hope he can get that. And definitely a top ten is gives you a lot of motivation to work on in this season. Don't forget, it's only his second weekend of racing and third race of the weekend. Only started his season last week, so 29th here makes it even more impressive considering the amount of races he did. Yeah, for sure. The women's under-23 race then... We had a big favorite, and that was Puck Petersen. She had one of the faster starts, but it was Fukune who went away as a rocket. But Petersen quickly closed the gap. But then, on the muddy section next to the pits in the first lap, she took a tumble. Her bike was broken. She needed to turn around. As she was still within the flags of the pit, she could go in the reverse direction, change her bike, and get the going again. But by then, it was already Van Androoy who had caught up to Fukune. And Van Androoy left Fukunet behind. And ever since then, Puk Pietersen was on a charge. She gained 15 seconds on her first lap, then 13 seconds on the lap after. And then the gap settled at around 7 seconds. Sherin Van Androoy managed to match the pace of Puk Pietersen until the end. Pietersen gave it one final shot in the last lap. But Sherin Van Androoy managed to actually secure the win here. Which is kind of a surprise because her season hasn't been that great. But... Of course, we know the talent is in there. It was Shirin van Androoy who took the win ahead of Puk Pietersen and Fem van Empel claimed the last spot on the podium, making it the all-Dutch podium once again. Well, guys, I think you guys also didn't expect that Puk Pietersen would have any troubles here. I think she was the strongest today, but that crash really cost her the win. What do you think, Isam? I think after when when I watched the, the men's on the 23 race, I I was like, well... Tactically, she can still kind of lose it if if tactics are going to be played. Uh, but I didn't expect it to go this way. And obviously, uh, Van Androoy did, did just a great job in managing the gap and making sure that she uh, gained from the advantage and, and, and got the win in the back. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a bit of a pity for, for Peterson because I think she was the strongest. Uh, she definitely showed it and, um, you know, a great fighting spirit. But in the end, you know, you, you cannot buy anything with that because uh, she only managed second. And it's a bit of a shame because I think she, without the mistake, the race could have gone a whole lot different. 
before the race, I think, uh, like, Pitis, of course, is very much the favorite, but it, it is always harder to race head-to-head, and uh, still everything needed to go pretty much right for her to comfortably win it, and with that mistake, it's just, it brings Van Androoy into the race, and Van Androoy just riding a very strong race as well, and, uh, yeah, doing all that she could to make it uh, as tough as possible for Pitis, and getting that uh, jersey as a result. Van Anrooy deserved it, I think. She and probably the entire Balas Track Lions team peaked perfectly at this championship. There's a reason they leave here with three gold medals. So, in a way, I think that is the opposite of what happened at Paul Sauze. So, yeah, she can be happy and I think she really deserved this title. Especially being ahead of Buck Petersen will be a mental boost for her. Last week or last next week, we're going back to the place where she crashed last year, is what I meant to say, Tabor. So she said that she's in a way kind of scared about it, but is also looking forward to end the well, well, the tragedy that happened there. She got one of these disc breaks in her arm and was out for the rest of the season. Took her a lot of time to recover, and now she looks to be back finally. Still think Peters is slightly better this year, but these two are closely matched and it's just a matter of time before we see these with Catablanca Vashi Road in the Elite Race fight it out. Of course, Sven van Empel ended third, also very talented, but I think this year she isn't matching the level that she had last year because in a normal situation this should have been a parkour for her and then to end third is, I don't think necessarily disappointment based on this season, but based on last season you would have expected more. I thought you told me about a crash she had in training before she went to the US, which wouldn't have helped her as well. That is true. Before we went to the United States, she was actually hit by a car on training, and certainly that doesn't help. But she said that was solved, but of course it can influence her training. I already kind of forgot about that because it was only one sentence in an interview with a local newspaper. So that's... I mean, it's a very valid reason. We saw it last year with Donaerts that he was hit by a van before Namur and then suffered for the rest of the season. Van Empel probably had, is kind of experiencing the same. She said that the left side of her body was blocked. So, yeah, that's a fair point that we should raise. But I think overall, a decent performance by her. Kind of where I expected her, although I did maybe expect a bit more from Lien Burquet, but by the looks of her but it looks on her face after the race, she also did that from herself. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate for Burkay having two very good races uh, last week and uh, then a, a fourth place, um, not what she was hoping for, probably was hoping for, like in this scenario, to be able to challenge with Van Androoy for the title or uh, at least a medal. And uh, yeah, it didn't quite happen for her. Of course, it's only a first year, but... I think Van Anrooy, Pietersen, Van Empel will be encouraged by the Dutch national coach to stay in the under-23 category for as long as possible, considering the strength of the squad in of the women's elite category. So I think the Bonds coach or the national coach will be encouraging them to stay in that category. What do you think, Isam? Well, I think he's just trying to make his job a little bit easier because if if he's not going to do that, then he has to make decisions which I think some will not be happy with. So um, I think for for his sake, it's going to be just very smart to, to do that. And But also for the development um, of the women, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a good idea to just stay now in the, in the under 23, do one or two more years 
and and then uh, go with the elites. I think when you are uh, around 21, 20, and you see that you are getting a little bit more top fives in, in the elite, you can then think about going and move up to towards the elite category. But especially if you still feel that there is a lot of irregularities in your results by the, by the elite, you, you definitely have to consider the under 23 as as a platform to perform um, for, for victory. Let's run down our entire top 10 then. We have the win of Shirin van Anrooy ahead of Puk Pieters FM van Empel, Lienberg, Kjee and Fukunet who exploded after the start. Sixth place was for Realini who struggled a bit on the running sections ahead of a bunch of first year Schreiber, Zemanova and Cousins. Tenth place also goes to a Brit, Josie Nelson. Something that's definitely interesting and worth discussing here for a while is the amount of young riders we see here. The top three, both second year under 23. Then we have four first years under 23 in the top 10. And there were actually no fourth year under 23s at the start here. It definitely shows to me that there's this young generation once again storming up the ranks. Because, I mean, we already know the guy the likes of van Android Peterson van Empel, but now Burkier, also at this championship Schreiber, Zemanova, Cousins, Nelson proving themselves, putting their name up outside of the top ten. We also have Nonden and Honesty. Definitely another young generation that is pushing through. So uh, what do you see as future for cyclocross will these young gen is the level of women's cyclocross increasing so rapidly that the that just two years ago in dubendorf we were saying okay alvarado is gone she's going to win the title for the next five years is the women's cyclocross developing so quickly that this young generation will already be better than the past young generation in a very short amount of time i do think there is like a bit of a generation missing in between uh, which helps a bit with making this one look good. Uh, but they certainly benefit from having had um, women's junior championships in Dubendorf as well. It's it's like more something to work toward and a more clear goal, which you like have uh, maybe. And it, it makes for plenty of talents to make for a more exciting racing. And it, it more talents means everyone is pushing themselves more to the limits so it can only be good for uh, the women's side of the sport yeah i think what you said makes sense i mean of course most of these riders some of these riders didn't have the opportunity to race a women's championship but ever since the women's sport got taken more serious and it developed we came up with more development programs in the national federations that help develop talent in the women's side of the sport and we can see the results of that now and it's not of course we have a very talented dutch generation but it's not only dutch riders we see come through Berkier, Fukunet, Rialini, Cousins, Nelson, Schreiber we just mentioned the names in the top 10 and outside of the top 10 as well and it's definitely interesting and I think what helps here is that there's not one country that has a significant advantage like we can see in, for instance, the men's category where Belgium has the existing advantage and it's harder to catch up, especially considering the nature of the sport in terms of starting fees and stuff. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to see this generation make steps because we already see Peterson fighting for the win, Burkier also very solid in Overijs and Zonhoven. And I'm also very excited to see what Zemanova can do because her technique looked absolutely fine today. 
The first race of the day and the final one we will be discussing is the men's junior race. We had a win by Aaron Dox, the only Belgian title of the weekend, and he put on a fabulous show. We first expected a battle with Haverdings. Haverdings never really was on top of his game. Dox attacked in the first lap, opened a 10 second gap, and never was seen again winning by a small 50 seconds in the end ahead of David Haverdings and the Italian Luca Paletti. Aaron Dox is looking very much in control of the race and just a very comfortable performance um, and it's good to get this uh, kind of experience at uh, championships level. Definitely agree on that one. Also thought it was nice to see the mix of flags once again here in the juniors category. Of course there's three Belgian and two Dutch riders in the top 10 but we see an Italian standing on the podium, Paletti. I didn't really write him down as one of the favorites and that's because he didn't race a lot of course he raced Radkos Irna where he was second I saw his name but I didn't really he was behind Jan Christensen there and he ended 10th of course he wanted to race it in Italy but no real international comparison for us to look at so very good to see him be up there also if we look in terms of first years we can see Victor van der Berge being the first first year at Belgium ahead of our very own Oliver Akers who was actually fighting for the podium until he crashed but in one effort to come back and then ultimately blew up a bit but hey that's a juniors category these riders need to learn and it was definitely good to see him being up there and fighting for the podium for I think at least two-thirds of the race and if we look, lots of British talent coming through. He's a first year. We saw just outside of the top 10. Max Greensill, also first year. Nathan Smith from our team, also a Brit. So definitely good to see some. If it, like this British generation is like... It just keeps on coming. It started in Zolder when we saw Richards and Pitcocka's first year. Then the full podium lockout in the men's junior category. In BLS, of course. And man, there's just... British talent that just keeps coming through and here we see it again today. It seems like uh, they're doing a good job. The good generation is uh, is, is just uh, coming in and flowing and I hope that this will give an impulse for um, you know for, for races to come to, to Great Britain and that we have World Cups and maybe Super Prestige or something getting organized there because I think we there is there is a base for it. There are a lot of riders that are coming up, uh, young talent and there is also uh, the likes of the Pitcock that is, um, you know, a big name in the elites. And I think, you know, those kind of things, they, sh they you can use that very well. And it looks very good for Great Britain. I think if they stay in in in, in cyclocross, uh, there is there is a lot of um, there are a lot of riders that are coming up for sure. This is definitely some talent we will be keeping an eye on throughout the rest of the season, starting in Tabor next week. But we have. Covered it all, I think, here for the European Championships. Isam and Tom, thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for hosting. I will give you quickly the results of a Cyclocross C2 race in Spain. Men's race was won by David van der Poel ahead of Lander Lokes and Kevin Suarez Fernandez. Women's race was won by González Blanco in front of Nuno Palacio and Morrison. And with that said, I am wrapping off this episode. We will be back with a preview podcast for Tabor World Cup together with former Czech, Czech rider Peter Dlask, and that will be coming up on Thursday. On Thursday, there's also a very old cyclocross race, the Jarmarkt Cross and Nil, as it's a national day off, and there will be coming a podcast of that on Friday. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the podcast. We will be back later this week. Goodbye. <laughs>